Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to China Education, episode 33. My name is Vanessa Jinks, and I am a first grade teacher at Sanya Foreign Language School in Sanya, China. Vanessa, wonderful to have you on China Education today. Uh, as always, I have to ask you, what brought you to China? Well, that is a fun story. Um, essentially, we, my husband was going out of a job and um, we had already interviewed for positions in Beijing, China. Um, and we're kind of, we were on the fence about going abroad, but then when he was losing his job, it's like, there's no other choice. So it was kind of a... Um, a last ditch option. And so we came with two kids um, in tow. One was eight months and one was 20 months when we uh, came to China. Whoa. Yeah. That is, that, that is very adventurous of you. Hardcore, as they say. I've got four. <laughs> You've got yeah. two. So I know exactly what, what boat you're in. And, um, and, and how long have you been here for then uh, at the moment as we speak to you today? six years, all in the same district, Yizhuang, which is in the south of China. And it's not very far away from where the new massive airport was built. But right. I've been living in Sanya, China since, um, since the end of June and absolutely love it. So now it's about six and a half years. I've, I've got some interesting stories about Sanya, but I think we can get into that a little bit later, but that's super cool. And of course, pollution-wise, it's really, really cool, but we'll, we'll get into that later as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as this is a kind of a new format for the listeners, I'm, I'm going to introduce a new game. And uh, that game is called, wait for it, Classroom Scramble. Oh, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, me. We chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, come to my party. So in Classroom Scramble, the teacher, as in Vanessa, you are the one to take up the mantle today for the first time, is going to be given some letters, which they can write down if they want to, probably a good thing. And you can too at home or wherever you are, listeners, now, if you've got one pandy. And, and basically what I'll do is I'll give out a jumbled mix of letters that will mean something, some object that you would find in a normal teaching classroom. So you've got from now, uh, Vanessa and the listeners, to work out what that object in the classroom is, and I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. 
Okay, so here we go. We've got Arthur Romeo. I- I'm not going to give you, you know, the, the normal uh, phonetic words for these. Arthur Romeo, M for mummy, whatever comes to my mind. Arthur Romeo, M for mummy, T for tulip, O for ostrich, E for egg, P for pillar, C for car, and U for umbrella. God, I'm like a kindergarten child, aren't I? They'd all say umbrella. <laughs> go. So, so yeah. there you go. R-M-T-O-E-P-C-U. That's for you to jumble around for the listeners too and see if you can beat yours truly by the end of it. Okay, wonderful. Okay. So let's get, let's get back into your, um, into your story, uh, Vanessa. So where are you actually from in the world? I'm from an incredibly small town in South Carolina. So on the eastern east side of um, the U.S. And okay. I, the city that I'm from is called Greenville, and it's, and it's kind of a, um, an up-and-coming city in South Carolina. Very beautiful. But then in the middle of um, my childhood, I was moved to the middle of nowhere. Um, and it, it's called Pickens, South Carolina. So no one has ever heard of it. And the only reason why people go there is to see the many, many um, leaves that change in fall. So it's incredibly small. So it's known for its leaves that fall that are of different colors. Yeah, exactly. that's really. Okay. It, that's it has so... like a, a national park in the area. And in South Carolina and oh, the okay. Appalachian Mountains, there's over a thousand mm. species of trees. And so it just gives this amazing foliage of purple and orange and red and a lot of different colors. So it's, it, it's actually famous in that area for right. its, its autumn. But besides that, it's not a very, um, it's not well known. So. Okay, well, there you go. I, you've enlightened me. I never knew about it, but I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful because, you know, the U.S. has just some wonderful uh, natural environments to see. So that's great. So that's where you're from. And, and where did you go to school then? Was that in the same area? Can you just describe, you know, the kind of school you were in up until, uh, you know, your university time? Well, I started at a um, small Christian school in South Carolina, um, Anderson University, but then I got married in the middle of my college career, career and moved to Texas. And there I finished at my English literature degree at University of Texas, Arlington. So that was in Fort Worth, Texas, or Arlington, Texas. Right. Okay. You did an English literature degree. Okay. That's, that sounds really, really nice. And, and then I always ask this because generally most of us have one favorite teacher, Vanessa, you know, going through, through school, um, or even, you know, high school university, do you have one that comes to mind you'd like to share? Um, I typically was the teacher's pet, so I had a lot of favorite teachers. (laughs) Um, And then my mother is also a teacher, so it's kind of, I could get myself in some hot water if I didn't say her. Um, But (laughs) I um, I was fortunate to have a lot of great teachers, so I remember even my kindergarten teachers, I started started studying Spanish um, at a school of languages in in South Carolina and had a favorite Spanish teacher and then third grade, fifth grade, several in middle school. Um, But I remember one specific lesson from third grade from um, Mrs. Perkins was her name. And she taught about the gases, solid and 
uh, liquids. And she, of course, mm -hmm. used the, the ice cream and Coke float uh, lesson. I think other science teachers have done this too, but um, yeah. that was just a fantastic, a fantastic um, lesson that really stuck with me. And I've used that with my, my own uh, children and students. And she also, um, I remember in that, in that, that year was quite magical because um, the school that I was attending at that time was also an inclusive school. And so we had classmates that had disabilities uh, from okay. the wheelchair to Down syndrome. Um, and so I kind of grew up just like learning disabilities and, and physical disabilities. They're, they're, it's just part of life. It's not something that is weird. It is different, but they're abled in a different way. And um, so I really, I think that was probably one of like the mm. most formidable years. Um, and I also uh, learned about the Holocaust that year from my own self-reading. I read Devil's Arithmetic. So yeah, third wow. grade was very, was a very interesting year for me. That's that's so funny. You, you, well, not funny, but coincidentally, um, I, I run the like the library in our school, and mm -hmm. uh, my office is in there. So I always make sure the books are put back and all that stuff. And uh, I came across the Devil's Arithmetic the other day. How bizarre is that? And that, uh, you've yeah. just caught, yeah, you've just called it out. Maybe I maybe I I need to read it. Someone's telling me something now. The next question I want to ask is, how did you get into to teaching you did your degree in English literature and then did you you know did you mainstream going to do you know your teaching uh, license things like this or did you come about it from a not maybe a non-conventional way I came in kicking and screaming <laughs> um <laughs> my sister is several years older than me and so is my sister-in-law um and they're both teachers, and my mother is a teacher. So I grew up watching wow. their struggle in the U.S. with bureaucracy. And wow. I, was, I said, I'm absolutely not going to do that. Um, and then I came to China, and um, I was at home by myself with my two kids. And, um, you know, we had just come from the financial struggle in the U.S. with my husband losing his mm -hmm. job. So... I agreed to doing some part-time work for the school as kind of something to do and also as a supplementary income. And both my husband and I, whatever job that we do, we try to do it to the best of our ability. And um, so I ended up, um, I ended up when my children were older and could go to Chinese kindergarten, I started working full-time and I was asked to pursue leadership. So they asked me to get certification um, and consider that track. Um, but I, I mean, I like education and I love education. Um, I ended up getting uh, headhunted by Beijing Kids Magazine in Beijing um, and right. did that for several years. So I, I think that I'm, I will, I, if I'm in a teacher's position, I'm going to do the job well. And mm -hmm. with, with informed um, theory and with practice and um, ap application of the, the best practices of, of teaching that I that I know or in needing to research. Uh, okay, I want to talk about now and your current teaching position. So let's get into sure. that.
so you arrived in Beijing around six years ago with the kids, with the husband. But now you're not in Beijing, you're down in Sanya. So when did you come down to Sanya and, and what's the current position of the school that you're teaching in? Okay, I came to Sanya June of this year, so June 2019. And okay. I am a first grade teacher at Sanya Foreign Language School. And at this school, they have two, three tracks, three tracks. So um, I'm in the bilingual track. I have my students for um, half the day and they have other students, other teachers for the other half of the day. Mm-hmm. And then there is a local track that is more typical of Chinese private schools um, where you kind of have, uh, they're seeing an English, oral English teacher for one class every day out of the out of their school day. And then we have an international program. And in the international program, students are still learning Chinese, but they're only seeing the their Chinese teacher for two, two class periods. Um, and, the, and a class period is uh, 40 minutes. So they're seeing their, their Chinese teacher for two class periods per day. Okay. Now, I've got to ask you something. Is your sure. principal, is your boss, Mr. Brian Back? He was the principal of this school. He's not the principal here anymore, um, but he did recruit me. And um, right. he recruited me several years ago, actually, because as soon as I heard of such a lovely place as Sonia, I was recruited. Yeah. But my husband took some convincing to do. He really loved the community that we were in in Beijing and loved his job mm-hmm. um, and was really committed to the people there. And I love all of the people in Beijing also. I just was tired of the cold and the pollution. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. So, I mean, yeah, yeah sorry, sorry to butt in. Uh, Mr. Brian Brack, lovely guy. Um, we, he's actually, we, we interviewed him uh, back in, oh, cripes, maybe within the last year um, when, when I was down in Sanya, uh, I was w- looking around that school. We were thinking, um, about, you know, going, moving down and making the move that you've just done. And, uh, yeah, he's episode four, by the way, I've been told from research, China, China's education, episode four, international principal, Brian back. So, so he's left literally at the end of this year. And I, and I mean, I, I wish him the best of success. Do you know where he's gone? He is at a school in Heiko and I believe okay. that he's with RFDZ's, um, or Peking university's Dalton Academy is what I, where I believe that their Heiko branch or their, I don't know what you call that, their new, their new school there, I'm, I believe. Um, okay. I see. I see. Well, Brian, hopefully he still listens to these uh, podcasts. Vanessa, if you are listening, Brian, get back in touch because that really is exciting breaking news uh, on episode 33. So I, I, I've got to so say, sorry, that a... Brian, I'm a gossip. Please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's, there's nothing to gossip about for sure here. It just changed, changed his role. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but, but I've been to the school and you're right next to the beach. I have to say, and I, I don't know if your husband thought this as well, because you did mention, you know, the network and the community in Beijing, obviously it's a big city. But one thing that I was a little bit concerned about there, Vanessa, was, was the isolation um, to be completely honest. Uh, and, and of course it's different strokes, for different folks. Right. But I did feel, you know, to be on, I wouldn't say marooned on the Island. I mean, it's a big Island, uh, but it is quite far away from things. And the school is quite far off the main, uh, the main street, isn't it really down on the, um, yeah, on the coast. Yeah. And so, um, but 
I feel in comparison to the suburb where I was in Beijing that I know mm. I am in, involved in more things and less isolated here in Sanya than I was in that suburb in Beijing. Because in right. the suburb in Beijing, um, we worked all together. We went to the same, some of the same social things all together. And all we saw was one another. And so there was, um, there's sometimes... Uh, it was sometimes created an unhealthy environment for people. Then you have pollution and the winter. And I think that that, that that specific area, they really struggled with cabin fever from a lot of people. But so how we've dealt with kind of that isolation of Sanya um, in the school is we, we live 14 kilometers away from the school. And we live in an area right. that is, there is very little people that even knows that, that's even connected to the school. Um, and so we have friends outside of the school. And mm-hmm. um, because we speak Chinese, we're also able to be involved in the culture. Um, yeah. So it's we we like it a lot. And we, I don't feel isolated. So. Well, it's, and and you know, I'm going to ask, I probably know your answer, but, you know, some favorite things if, if someone was going to go down to Sanya, where, of course, you guys are living now. I mean, number one, the beaches are stunning, aren't they? Um, yeah. They really are. Uh, and, and how's the temperature now? Can you jump in and stuff? It's fine. If you don't mind a little bit cooler of water. Yeah. During during sun, it's fine. What about like um, apart from the beaches, uh, would you recommend doing in, in that kind of in, in Sanya, uh, Vanessa? Um, there are a lot of streets and areas in Sanya that never sleep. Like we've been oh. out at two o'clock at night and people are just eating jiaozi <laughs> or, um, you know, just minding their own business or they're dancing together, you know, I, there's tons of grandparents here and grandmas here and they love to dance. And for people who are more into the club scene, there's a lot of clubs and there are also um, like more kind of hometown bars here that people really like. There are, there's a, a park near the beach that has like a water show, water fountain. There is hiking here. Um, there's also a lot of sports. Uh, activities that go on um mm-hmm. if, if you just go to a park here in Sanya someone is playing volleyball someone is playing basketball someone is playing soccer so I think that the, there's just a lot to do here and the city of Sanya is very concerned about um about kind of gr- jump-starting its economy and there seems to be an event going on every week is what it it, it feels that way that's cool um so there's there is a lot to do in this city and a, and a lot I don't know a lot of favorite things. I love Sonia. It's really it's been really great. I'm so happy we moved here. So that's yes, awesome. I think for the kids as well, you know, with the pollution and because that's a major plus is a lot of outdoor stuff as well. A lot of nature right next to you. I think Brian, I remember telling me he used to go on a lot of hikes with his kids, too. Yeah. So uh, may, maybe uh, your ones are quite young still, aren't they? Like mine. Um, so m- maybe they need a bit more bit more growing so they don't complain as they go up that hill. Right. Actually, my kids love to hike. So and they're faster than me to my shame. Um, and they're they're. <laughs> only seven and eight years old so they take after their father who's like a, a superhero practically so. <laughs> <laughs> okay well look, let's 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 move on now to um i want to talk a little bit about teach now 
uh, obviously Teach now does a, a teacher certification program, which which you did, um, like myself, some years back. Um, can you tell us, you know, what was the main reason for for completing the the Teach Now preparation program, uh, Vanessa, for your teacher licensure? What was the main kind of go to need for it? Sure. My the school in Beijing asked me to pursue leadership, and part of this, the the ah, first yeah. step for leadership was getting a teacher certification. So that is the the absolute main reason that I um, per- pursued certification. Yeah, and I mean now, I mean many years ago, it was a bit different. You could drift in with a backpack on, and you get a teacher job straight away. But now, of course, you know, as the country develops, the laws come in, and they're a lot stricter. You have to have these credentials, don't you? So, right. um, for sure, that that that's what came through um, at your angle. So, how's it helped you in in particular? Obviously, it's got you the license. It's managed to tick the box, so you can work and get a visa. But you know, on a deeper level, um, you know, what did you think of the program? And has it helped you, benefited you in a way more than just giving you a license? Yes. And I'd like, I absolutely would recommend Teach Now for anyone who is in the, teach, the, the education industry period. And the reason wow. why is as I've gone from a, a teacher to, I've also worked as a managing editor of a magazine in the education industry. I've done some startup work that failed, but that's not the end of the story with startups. And then I've also been in human resource um, at, in my school in Beijing. I was also in human resource. And Teach Now, um, it, I think, prepares the 21st century worker in the education industry by equipping them with multiple different types of skills um, from learning new mediums of how to present uh, material and also kind of re- really helping the teacher take the head knowledge and the theory of education and putting it immediately into practice. I was mm. fortunate to be in a classroom as I was learning the learning the material. And so as soon as I was learning it, I was applying it in the classroom. And I think that that if all teaching now certifications could be that way, that would be, I think, fantastic. Um, I know for some people in the U.S., they're not able to to have that opportunity. But definitely for people who are in China, that I think that is one of the biggest perks. Funny enough, I was talking to a teacher today, and he he's just signed up for the for the program. And his words were quote unquote, he wanted to wake up. Um, you know, he's just gone for years doing one teaching job, and he just feels like he's fallen asleep and I, and I think that's something interesting because as you said it is very first 21st century technology focused and I think it can give teachers whether they're experienced or new um, you know some new fuel to add to their fire uh, so yeah good stuff there I and mean, what's the most important thing you learned from it do you think uh, if you could just pinpoint one thing Vanessa I think that uh, teaching the teaching profession is a science Um, And there are ways that you can definitely assess learning and also your effectiveness as a teacher. And going along with that, if my students aren't getting it or they're not paying attention in class, I need to go back to the lesson plan and look at what I've done wrong or how I'm not reaching that student. And so the burden is on the teacher. While I think that traditional education kind of lumps students who are struggling in this boat of they're not trying hard enough or they're just they're just falling behind but teach now really um really makes it clear that 
educa education can reach every, every kid and uh, there's a scientific way of figuring out how to do that. Are you looking to further your career in education? TeachNow offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach now for TeachNow. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. Speaking of challenges, any teaching like kind of living challenges other than that, of course, we've just raised, you've come up against in your current position down in beautiful, sunny Sanya with the beach just outside your classroom? Um, yes, and I think that this is something that teachers in China across the board are going to relate to. I have okay. students in my, I have students in my classroom that are struggling six, more significantly than other students. And there are behavioral issues, there are learning disabilities, and then there's like mm. um, learning disabilities that are contextual. I don't want to, I don't want to get into too much detail just yeah. for the privacy of the students. But my mother is a special education teacher, so I kind of briefed her on the cases of these three children. I've gotten the support that I need, but not every teacher is kind of in that that kind of scenario where they can just call up a special education teacher. Um, right. But I mean, by far, that is the greatest challenge is how do I how do I help these students um, when I'm only one person? And I I what we really need in, in some of these cases is a resource teacher who's going to take them out of class and work them with these specific uh, learning disabilities that require one on one attention. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm one person. How do I do it? And I, yeah. I think that there are a lot of uh, teachers who relate with that. And then on top of that, there's the parent-teacher-child relationship. Because, um, you know, if I've if in a class um, or in the past or even now, if we notice a kid that might be on the spectrum of autism, and really mm -hmm. there's some specific things that parents and teachers need to be doing to help help that child um, to be equipped for the future in handling, handling the different abilities that they have and um, j just coming up with strategies to help that child succeed even if they're on the spectrum. But meeting denial, <laughs> meeting, meeting, you know, a, a wall of that, no, my child mm. is normal. They're just going to grow out of it. Um, yeah. Funny enough, again, that same person who I, I, I spoke to today, a teacher who said, you know, he wanted to do wake up, so to speak. He's, he's had exact same challenges like that. And the thing is, it, it, it's a school by school basis, really, because, you know, a professional 21st century school would have the protocols um, in place to, you know, to, to give, as you've just said, an actual dedicated teacher who understands these things and be able to take the children away to to give them some good one on one tutoring and to help with their issues. Um, but he said, you know, he spoke to one of his bosses about a, a child who he thought could be on the, the spectrum. 
uh, of autism and, and such things. And the, the, the leader told him that, no, there's, there's nothing wrong. It's fine. We don't need to do anything. So I, I think, you know, things are changing and developing. And But that is for sure an absolute challenge. We could talk many hours about it. Very interesting um, stuff, I, Vanessa. I do just want to point out, though, what you, what you said, kind of 21st century school. I mean, um, so being... Um, the daughter of a mother from special education, I remember when it was still okay in the U.S. to like kind of, what is it, um, call someone a retard, you know, and it, mm. it wasn't until I was a little bit older that it was absolutely not okay. Um, mm. So if we're looking at China in terms of special education, they're like the U.S. in the 1980s or maybe even before because still this society um, is still, is the society as a whole is set up around one track. Like, mm. and if they don't pass the Gaokao, then there's, you know, only several tracks that they can go down. But um, until the society changes, then the schools aren't going to reflect that because the schools are, they service and equip for the society. And so the society mm. as a whole needs to be saying, well, we recognize that there's, that there is something different with these children. And until that happens, it's going to continue to be a pink elephant. Most definitely. It needs to happen um, in consciousness, in how we are thinking uh, about it on a society-wide level. Okay, right. Well, if I could wave some magic uh, to that, I certainly would. But we're going to wave some magic somewhere else. It's magic one time. Can you wave magic we're going to dance to the left-hand side. Okay, Vanessa, here we go. Short, sharp, straight to the point answers, if it's ever possible on China <laughs> Jedi. Here we go. First question. Favorite game you play in your class? Um, weakest link. My students have to help the student who can't spell well. And they can't write for the child, but that person is the leader. And if they help the child write correctly the spelling word, then they get a point. And I, do, I just love that it forces them to collaborate and do teamwork and they can't take the job from the, the child who's the weakest link. Love it. Favorite tech tool that you use in class? My cell phone. <laughs> um, because I can give it to a child if they need some uh, tech time, some one-on-one -on -one tech time. I take pictures of materials that I need to throw up on the screen. Um, I record videos. Um, of good children and naughty children that I send videos to their parents and say, please talk to them about this and not let them do it ever again. Okay, great. Fa favorite sentence then that you like to say to your students? Um, oh, you're sitting well. I like how you're sitting. You're sitting well. I say, I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, next one. If I could wave a magic wand, as I said before, what could I give you that could help your classroom or school? I think you've already alluded to it earlier, but here resource you go. Resource teacher, yes, please. There you go, please. resource teacher, bing. She's, she or he has appeared now, but only for 10 minutes. She's got tons <laughs> of stuff to do. Um, finally, give us your favorite teacher's tip, tool, website, resource, or person of educational inspiration, Vanessa. I really love reading A to Z. Absolutely love it. And if you can't have reading A to Z, then wah, wah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's an I'm app sorry. that... <laughs> called wah, wah, yeah, yeah, literally. Um, so reading A to Z, I think a lot of people are familiar with that. And it's very Yeah, Raz, absolutely Raz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. brilliant but stuff. Then a nice alternative is something called wah, wah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the Chinese 
the Chinese name for it is. And then it's also called Joy Reader in um, English. But it reads both Chinese and English. And I have, I use it for a WeChat homework group that I kind of send a, a, a book to the, to the group. I ask some reading comprehension questions and then after they've read the book or listened to it being read aloud to them, then they answer the, the questions, the oral, the reading comprehension questions. So wow, yeah, yeah, that is Joy Reader, is it? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. I've not heard of that. So for sure, Raz, we've heard of. We've Actually, we've just recently integrated it all across our grades. So really good one there. So thanks thanks for that. Right. Okay. let's see uh, the first one we've done. If the host can beat the guest, um, I suppose I really should lose. It's the English gentleman way. Here we go. Classroom scramble. Oh, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting me. We chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, come to my party. So RMT, OEP, CU. Computer. <laughs> okay there you go I, i'm just going to absolutely move on there i'm sure listeners got that uh, i have been told by my researchers it will get more difficult uh, so congratulations <laughs> right let, let's finish this pod with your what's your future plans vanessa do you think you're going to be in sanya for for years to come definitely definitely in sanya maybe not as a teacher but definitely in Sanya. Mm, okay, well, there you go. Interesting stuff. And of course, for all of our uh, teacher guests that we're going to have uh, on China Education, we will enclose your uh, contact uh, details at the bottom of the show notes. So that will be a WeChat and your personal email address. And of course, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, for people to connect with you on there too. Keep on teaching, keep on surfing. I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, of course, keep in touch. This is China Jedi, people. If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, Teach Now. Get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.